listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. The bonus hour on this final football Friday of the 2022 season. Super Bowl Sunday is a little more than 48 hours away, at least kickoff of Super Bowl 57. Eagles still a slight favorite over the Chiefs. Pat Kerwin is kind enough to join us live from Phoenix to start this bonus hour. Top of the morning to you. How's your week gone? Oh, it's going very well. Good to see you guys, hear from you. Um, you know, it moves along pr- quickly. Uh, I feel like all I do is interview people. There's lots of people around. They like to come on the radio. Uh, I have another set of interviews today, maybe 15 or so. So uh, yesterday were lots of interesting ones. Aaron Jones, talking to him from Green Bay. I, at the end of the interview, I said, do me a favor. Open that door and turn the light on and ask him what he's doing. The man in the dark. <laughs> he started laughing. Uh, Derek Henry, it was great talking to Derek. Uh, just about, you know, I said, how long can you keep this pace up? I said, Sean Alexander's coming up next. Have you talked to him about carries? And he just started laughing. Mike Pereira and I had a nice long talk. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, lot, lots of good interviews. With guys that you know have a, the, their own story to tell, so that that's what it turns into. It doesn't really turn into breaking down the game. Hopefully today we'll do a little bit of that. Well, before we break down the game with you, Pat, and I don't normally ask you questions like this, but you offered it up when you got to Phoenix as to the number of Eagles jerseys you saw versus the number of Chiefs jerseys. How much of an Eagles home game is this going to be from what you've been seeing in the streets of Phoenix? Uh, significantly large. Um, I'm sure the Kansas City fans will cheer like crazy, but the Eagle fans are here in droves and they're out in their jerseys and everything else. You just feel like it's Philly everywhere when you're walking around the streets. Interesting. Will that make a difference? Who the heck knows? But it's an interesting factoid in a very red stadium. You know, Arizona Cardinals, it's very red. And the Chiefs, you know, jerseys are, you know, reddish, orange, however it is you view that color. There will be quite a lot of green that makes it very loud. Yeah, those Eagle fans, you live close enough to Philly to know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Well, no, no question. Great fan. Both of them great fan bases. One a little rowdier than the other. Listen, before we get to the game, and we made our picks earlier. But the Hall of Fame last night. Yeah. So, listen, uh, seven of the eight players who went in, including the two veterans players on the defensive side of the ball. I I mean, remarkable. But, you know, anybody strike you, Zach Thomas, Rondé Barber, Demarcus Ware, Darrell Rivas, Joe Klecko, Joe Thomas, the one offensive player, the lineman from the Browns, Chuck Howley, Ken Riley on the senior committee. Any story there strike you and go, oh, man, I'm glad he got in? Yeah, Joe Klecko, I think, uh, and I'll tell you why, because the Jet fans all remember me and recognize, so when they call the show, they're kind of like, you know Joe should be in. And Joe played all the positions and on a very good line with a bunch of guys. So I think the campaign for Joe Klecko has been going on since I came to Sirius. And uh, there's some relief there. But there's always a ripple effect, David. And the ripple effect is going to be the Atlanta Falcon fans, ironically, that have two or three players on their all-time roster that are not in. And it's also going to have a ripple effect when Joe Thomas goes in. I love that Joe's in. 
but Willie Anderson um, and the people from Cincinnati. So you get the you get the pushback right away from those who believe this other guy should have been in. Uh, so we'll, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll get a lot of that as soon as I get back and the game's over or the people that are going to feel like my guy deserved to be in uh, over these people. And I, I don't see it that way. I'm glad for all the guys to get in. But I look at it and go, now who's going to call me about each one of these because they have a better guy who didn't get in? Well, that's ultimately how Zach Thomas got in, right? I mean, the Erlacher case is why Zach Thomas is in the Hall of Fame now, right, Pat? And that's basically how it goes. And I think you see a little chain reaction and you almost can set up the next not the quarterbacks when they come they're too easy but you can almost set up the next set of guys and actually the willie anderson when i bring it up because he does have a lot of credentials uh against i think against the hall of fame pass rushers he's never given up a sack so i read his whole bio of stuff and paul alexander worked hard on on the willie campaign so i think it sets him up for next year if you will so We'll see what happens. And sometimes it works out this way where more than one guy from a particular franchise ends up going. Klecko and Revis both recognized as Jets. You know, Dwight Freeney, Reggie Wayne were both left out yesterday. Obviously, a pair of legendary uh, Colts. It is, we're, looks like we're starting to get another wide receiver backlog. Remember when we had the yes. Andre Reed, Tim Brown, Chris Carter backlog for years. Okay, now we're getting Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne and goodness knows who's going to be coming, you know, quickly on Steve Smith can't get any traction. It seems as if now we're getting a wide receiver backlog. Yeah, and I think that's the most dangerous position where a backlog happens because there, you know, as we move on in this NFL world, we start throwing the ball more and more. And 80 receptions means nothing. 90 doesn't mean you're a Hall of Famer. 120 starts to be the, you know, it's that's what happens. And the farther back those guys come from, the less their stats look impressive. And that 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 maybe of all the places um, is the one that I think is vulnerable to the the evolution of the game. All right, let's get to the game, Pat. Thank you. J- Jalen Hurts. What's more important, his legs or his arms on Sunday? His arm or his legs on Sunday? Um, they're going to blitz him. I'm pretty convinced of that. And he's going to, yeah, they're not going to sit around and wait. They're going to blitz the RPO game. You go, all you have to do is go back and watch last year's game and watch how Spags sees this and how he plays it. And you know, when you're riding the back in with the ball, there is a split second or two where you can't throw the ball. And that's going to lead to the reason to pressure and get after him and see what he can do. They can't let this game get to third and three. We talked about this on Tuesday. It gets to third and three or less. Guess what they did in the playoffs so far? Uh, a 100% success rate. So they, they've got to get it to third and long, and they're willing to take the risk to do it. Otherwise, this both postseason games, Philly ran the ball 44 times in each game. They're not they they have to find a way to make it third and five. And I think pressure is going to be the way. And so to answer your question, Mark, that I think he's going to have to escape a bunch of stuff. Pat Kerwin, NFL Radio's Moving the Chains, which is weekday afternoons and two to five on Saturdays. Don't know if you've got a special show Saturday or Sunday because it's the Super Bowl. He's also part of CBS's NFL Today show. Pat joins us twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, courtesy of Pinchers. Pinchers, 
from Tampa to Key West and over a dozen locations in between pinchers because you can't fake fresh. You will acknowledge, though, and Spags obviously, I think, would acknowledge this, that the Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense that they faced last year are both very different than the quarterback and the offense that they're going to face this year, though, right? Structurally, they're the same, but there are different bodies out there. Uh, But they also recognize that if I just let the Philadelphia Eagle offensive line block me, my front four, they're going to block me. They're very, very good. They need a free player to interrupt the run game and get to the quarterback. And we know what the passing game is. It's run, 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 deep shot. Run, 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 deep shot. And they've got rookies back there. So I think you're going to see. And and I've known Spags since he was at Springfield College. He's going to come with Pete. He is not going to sit there and take this on by, you know, counterpunching them. They're too good. They're very good up front. And that's not what he's done so far in the playoffs. He's blitzed 17% of the time thus far in the playoffs, 26% of the time during the season. So this is a different game plan than what what he's used all year, Pat. Well, you asked me what I thought he was going to do. And I know the guy well enough, and I know what he feels. Look, here's the smartest thing coaches can do. They can admit when the team they're playing is better than them in certain areas. (laughs) And the blocking scheme of the Philadelphia Eagles, if you left them alone, they're going to run for 200 yards. They're averaging, I think, 208 yards per game in the postseason rushing. You ever meet a coach that didn't start with, you got to stop the run first? And that run involves that quarterback. And by the way, I don't trust any of those stat numbers on blitzing because they don't know what they're looking at. Half of these guys, I talk to them all the time. There's a lot of stuff going on out there that's trigger blitzes. And if they do this, we do that. So sometimes you get relegated to what looks like not blitzing. So there's a lot of stuff going on there that could be automatic blitzes if they're in certain formations. They don't get in it. They take the blitz off. The Chiefs got to Burrow, five sacks. It's tough to envision, even if blitzing, Pat. I mean, that offensive line, I mean, a quarterback who's very mobile. I know you can blitz just to keep them in the pocket, but you got to figure that Kansas City, despite having two terrific defensive linemen and a great defensive coordinator, are probably not going to get more than two sacks, right? Yeah, I don't care about the sacks as much as I care about him being disrupted, not being able to lob the deep ball when he wants to. Make him be a quarterback. Right now, he's a tremendous athlete. I like Jalen Hurts, but who's the best quarterback in the game? The other guy. So you got to make this guy play like Mahomes. We'll see if he can. You know, Shannon Sharp took Kansas City yesterday. Very interesting, and he felt good about doing it. On the other have side you, of the, have you met anyone taking Kansas City? No, that, that's what, other than David. That did, scare you? David Mark, took you Kansas City. Ah, David, big red machine. I love it. Well, you know, I'm going against everything that I believe in, though, because I think the Eagles are the best team in the league at the point of attack. I just am falling back on. I think Kansas City is the better coaching, and they have the far better quarterback. And I don't know how you pick against the better coach and quarterback. I am, I'm speechless over that beautiful logic. <laughs> well, it's beautiful until it's 38-14 Philly. I mean, it's, it's, 
everything's out. You know, Mike Tyson, he, everybody's got a game plan until they get punched in the mouth. I mean. Yeah. Well, some pretty good players in the red uniform. And I do. So I ask you guys, how much does experience matter? Because there's a lot of players in Kansas City who've been here and done that. And the coach on a bye and all that stuff. So there's a lot of reasons to get excited about Kansas City. I just the experience thing doesn't do as much for me as it does for others. I think these guys can all play. They've played in big games, and I think players in today's era are more used to big games than ever before. So I don't know how much the experience factor falls in. He's Pat Kerwin, NFL's radio's moving the chains. CBS Sports, the NFL Today Show. More with Pat Kerwin coming up on the other side. Pat's appearance, as always, brought to you by the good folks at Pinchers. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Our remaining moments with Pat Kerwin, NFL Radio's Moving the Chain, CBS's NFL Today show. He's been live in Phoenix all week. He'll do a show there this afternoon once again. Pat joining us courtesy of Pinchers, Tampa to Key West, over a dozen locations in between Pinchers because you can't fake fresh hey the last time the chiefs were in this game they couldn't block tampa well four of the linemen are different this time around only wiley is back at right tackle although i think they're going to line reddick up against him and that's a matchup that concerns me if i'm kansas city but how do you think that the chiefs o-line fares against the team that sacks the quarterback far better than any other team in the league they're going to struggle you can't have 78 sacks and, and a ridiculous number of pressures on the quarterback, so they will struggle. In regards to uh, the guy you just mentioned, Hassan Reddick, uh, just a couple things on him. The Bengals tried to block him with a tight end. We saw how that went, so don't expect much of that. That was ridiculous. But if Wiley is doing a good job, that's a big if, but if he's doing a good job, they immediately go to the big loop, and he goes back inside in the A-gap and comes right up in the quarterback's face. So they don't wait around. You just take a look at the last six weeks and you look at Reddick and Brandon Graham. I talked to both of these guys. Between them, they have 16 and a half sacks in the last six games. 37 tackles, 12 tackles for loss. They have tons of stuff. When you look at Chris Jones and Frank Clark, Frank had a nice game and Chris had his first sack and all that stuff in postseason. That, that's the two best rushers for both teams. They don't even match up. It's not even close. Frank and, and uh, Chris have nine sacks and, and far less in other areas. So the pass rush advantage goes to Philadelphia by far. All right. Take Kelsey out of it. And, I mean, obviously Mahomes is the most important player, but we know he wants to go to Kelsey. Who's the next most important guy getting the ball from Patrick Mahomes on Sunday? Well, I, I think that's a toss-up between Juju and uh, – Scantling, right? Because Scantling had a couple of big catches. I talked to Pacheco. They're going to run the ball a little bit more than I think people think. Just try to settle it down a little bit. But I do want to go back to talk about Kelsey, Mark, because I went through every starting tight end against Philadelphia this year. 19 tight ends. You know what was amazing about that? A total, 19 games, the starting tight ends had a total of 53 catches. That's under three per game. And here's the scariest number. Two touchdowns all year 
by starting tight ends against Philadelphia. You, now, Kelsey's the heartbeat of this thing, and you've got a defense. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he's a big safety. He's going to match up. Mark, mark my words, he'll be on him a lot with help. Uh, but you're looking at a defense, and Kelsey's the best tight end of all the guys I looked at. And But if I hold Kelsey to five catches for 80 yards and one touchdown, can Kansas City win the game? It's funny you say that, Pat. We threw out there earlier in the week, if I give you six catches, 69 yards, something like that, six catches, 75, 75 yards, all right, is that enough for Kansas City to win the game? And we didn't think so. We thought at least one of those catches had to be a touchdown. Yeah, so – you mean you look at that matchup, take the biggest matchup in the game, and that'll be Philly's defense against Kelsey for lots of reasons. And you start looking at how they the structure of how they play tight ends and then the people they have to match up and do it. Uh, I think it's going to be hard. And we are already all recognize that the pass rush is going to reduce the clock in Mahomes' head. The other thing is they they ran a lot of delay stuff with Kelsey last week. It looks like he's going to block, and then he slips out for a little one. I don't know how that's going to work very well. So I'm in this school of thought that he's going to catch five or six for 50 yards, and it's not going to be enough. Well, and Mark, we talked about it. The Eagles have Slay, Bradbury, Avante Maddox graded out as the best or second best slot guy in the league this year. They could maybe man up and then double Kelsey damn near every play. I mean, I don't know if a team can match up better against the Chiefs than the Eagles do. I'm with you. And that's, that is a big criteria for making a choice. So if they can, if they do run more, what is that number percentage-wise? Is that 30% of the plays, Pat? Because we know what Andy wants to do. I mean, if he approaches 35% runs, is that going to get you where you think you need to be if you're Kansas City? Um, that's what I think they're going to be, 35% run. No way do they get to 40% run. Go look at the opening drives, right? We talked about this the other day. Andy still likes to script the first 10. Go look at the play selections. It's pass, pass, pass down the field. Now, they score a lot on their first drive. They score a lot in the first quarter. And they're going to come out doing that. But it's somewhere along the line, after they see two high safeties or anything off, they're going to think, well, we should run against this. But it's going to be outside run. They're not running inside on Linville and Sue and the other guys they have in there. They're going to try to run, in my mind, Isaiah you know, Pacheco outside. Uh, I think they do it just to look balanced and maybe try to look for something they're going to get, but mostly they're not going to get enough there. Pat, just your gut about this game. I like I, my gut tells me the Kansas City cannot get behind, and they need to try to force Philly to throw the ball because if Philly can run the ball 44 times, they're going to get their kicked. And so to me, I just see the Chiefs playing the first quarter wide open, like the greatest show on turf, wide open, because Andy's thinking, I got to give Spags a lead or else these guys are going to run it down our throat. I agree with that. They cannot let them get into, hey, we, we got the clock on our side. Uh, we don't want Philly to get in that mode. So I, I'm with you. They'll be wide open early. Um, go look at their first half scoring in the postseason, and you start looking at all those touchdowns. I think they'll be throwing everywhere. 
fast pass, though. They're not going to have time to throw down the field. Pat, I know you like the Eagles. By how much do you like them? Well, I do think that Kansas City is going to have to play from behind in the fourth quarter, and that's where Mahomes has been great, and he will still be that guy because they go to four-down territory, right? They're going to, he knows they're not punting. So his ability to play the short pass game and drive it down the field, look at the length of his drives in the postseason. His touchdown drives are averaging almost 65, 70 yards per drive. So once he gets to use the ball with no punting, he, he'll move the ball around and catch up a little bit. I do like Philadelphia three points. I do think it'll come down to something like that because I do think he's going to keep coming back. He's not going to get what happened to him when they didn't have their tackles at Tampa. I think he's going to get rid of the ball a lot faster than that. Remember the one Super Bowl Andy and Patrick were able to win. They were down 10 in the fourth and put three touchdowns on the board to close out that win against the Niners. He's Pat Kerwin. NFL Radio's Moving the Chains, CBS's NFL Today show. Hey, um, thanks for doing this. We can hear how uh, long your last two weeks have been, the Senior Bowl and Super Bowl, and getting up at this hour to do this for us. We're very appreciative. No, I got. I was up earlier, but then I said I wanted, I'd rather listen to John Perry and take my turn. <laughs> thanks, Pat. Enjoy the game. Go Blades. <laughs> That's what game I was talking about. Pat's ready Saturday right. night for the Everblades. Super Bowl whatever. I got to get to the Blades game on Saturday. Yeah. Me and the other 20 people. I love it. <laughs> Pat Kerwin, by the way, will be doing post game on NFL radio after Super Bowl 57. So you can listen to Pat then as well. Besides this afternoon, three to seven for those that are so inclined. So he's with you. All right. He's leaning Philly, close game, Philly by three. Maybe, you know, you're on an island, Revis getting into the hall, Revis Island. Maybe that's it, David. Listen, Kansas City could use a little Revis Island. You're damn right they could. (laughs) Terrell Revis, A.J. Brown, I'd pay to see that. I, I don't think Eagles fans would. I think Eagles fans are pretty fond of what's back in the secondary for Kansas City right now with the matchups against their receivers. Huge advantage for the Eagles. That's why they may throw early. That is their modus operandi, you know. Throw early, get a lead, run it down your throat. Miller and Moulton. Good, bad, and ugly. What's on tap today was the day when. It's all next. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes until the top of the hour, 17 until we're out of here. The bonus hour on the final football Friday of the 2022 season. Beginning next week, if we call it a football Friday, we're dealing with off-season stuff. And then we're out to 2023, basically. So, Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Mark picking the Eagles. 30-24, so he likes Philly and the over. I am going to rue the day. I changed my mind in the two weeks. Last week I was on Philly. Going with Mahomes. You know the last nine reigning MVPs who have played in the Super Bowl have lost. If you know Kansas City were to win, 
Mahomes would have two Super Bowls and two MVPs in his first six seasons. It's incredibly rarefied air in all sports of people that have accomplished those things. And really, because he didn't play as free, he played one game his rookie year. So it, yeah, but it's still in the first seasons, but really five, right? But it's it's rarefied. The type of players that you're talking about that have done this is the who's who of all athletes. Mm -hmm. That's what he has an opportunity to do. It would be five years faster than Brady did it. Who? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Too soon. Careful now. Careful now. Uh, I went with the Chiefs in the under, barely, 27-23. I do think if they play this game 10 times, the Eagles win at 6 or 7 of the 10. I'm just I'm counting on KC getting off to a good start, putting a lot of pressure on Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts, and Kansas City can maybe dictate a little more defensively than they otherwise would. If this is a slugfest, Mark, if it's, you know, 7-7, 10-10, Philly's going to win. I think Kansas To me, this is a fight, and the boxer has got to win some of the early rounds on the perimeter, you know, using the jab. Just got to stockpile those rounds where we're headed to the sixth round and the boxer's up four rounds to one. The boxer versus the brawler. No doubt that that is really the style in this football game, and we will find out. We'll finish the week off, though, as we always do. Time now for... It's time for someone to take back this segment, if for no other reason than to stop David from talking about Meghan and Harry. Here's Mark Miller with Today Was the Day When. Maybe it was me, but I did not find a lot today. I love this one, though. 1920 Baseball Outlaws All pitchers in, All Pitches Involving Tampering with the Ball. Seem to be tampering with it through, oh, I don't know, last week. Tom and Jerry was created today in 1940. It debuted. 1942, the first ever gold record for selling one million copies was awarded. Glenn Miller with the Chattanooga Choo Choo. <laughs> Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman premiered today in 1949. Today in 61, the AFL's L.A. Chargers moved to San Diego. That's right. He said what he said. 1966, Valley of the Dolls is published. It sold over 31 million copies. Tapestry, the album by Carole King, it was album of the year, was released today in 71. The number one song in the land in 1979 was Rod Stewart's Do You Think I'm Sexy? It peaked today. Bonnie Blair wins their first gold medal for the U.S. today in 92. And in 2006, the Turn Italy Games opened. Pavarotti would have his last ever performance at the opening ceremonies. Cliff Burton, the bassist from Metallica, would have been 61 today. Robert Wagner is 93. Roberta Flack is 86. Olympian Mark Spitz is 73. Greg Norman is 68. Lenny Dykstra is 60. Glenn Beck, 59. And Ty Law is 49 years old today. And that, David, is today. 59, really? Yeah. Yeah, so he went great. Glenn Beck's only 59, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, he, so he went gray early then. Because, you know, you think you go gray, you're a little bit older. So, um, you know, not much, Mark. Really, not much. I will say, uh, 31 years ago today, Tyson got convicted of rape. And he was all set to fight for the heavyweight title. And uh, obviously that didn't happen. He went away to prison instead. You know, it's not often that an athlete is convicted of rape, goes to prison, comes back, and actually has a career. I mean, you think about it. Mike Tyson's, like, popular today. Oh, yeah. He's got his whole weed line. Well, he does. The, also, he did, the, he did the, the play. I mean, he's done a lot of things. Movies? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it is. Now, I mean, I will say he nearly had his rape conviction overturned on appeal. Okay. He lost the appeal by a 2-1 vote amongst the judges. But, it. I mean, normally you get convicted of rape. We as a society shun you. Okay, you're done in the public eye. I mean, think about all the stuff going on right now. Do we think Matt Lauer is going to have a second career? You know, and I mean, it is remarkable that Tyson's had a career the last 25 plus years. That's all. 31 years ago today, went to prison. You've heard folks elsewhere mock Florida is gonna Florida. Well, Mark Miller sees it differently. He calls it the good, the bad, and the ugly. What you got, Mark? For the good today, we go to California. Where, and I struggled to find a good, but I thought this was funny. A tiny mouse has now set the Guinness World Record for longevity. A Pacific pocket mouse named Pat after Star Trek actor Patrick Stewart has made it to nine years, 209 days at the San Diego Zoo. Apparently becomes the oldest mouse ever. Oldest mouse. Yes. I always thought it was Mickey. Right. Or Minnie, you know, right? Don't uh, Women always outlive the guys, right? Well, yeah, but they're both still around and Mickey came first. Okay. For the bad, we go to Lee County where Crime Stoppers and the Lee County Sheriff's Office are searching for a man connected to multiple golf course burglaries. He also used a stolen credit card to make two purchases at a Best Buy, one for $2,319 and one for $245. When you're going big, why go little? If you got the stolen credit card, get after it. You're going to jail either way, dude. They'll catch you. And finally, the ugly. We go to Cape Coral where Laura Stirrup is a rotten human being. She embezzled more than $10,000 from a Little League baseball team in North Fort Myers, barring the question why a Little League baseball team would have more than $10,000. She had a company debit card, which she would make withdrawals for herself and start paying her own credit card off as well, but nearly took $10,000 from the kids, and now she is behind bars. And that, David, is the good, the bad, and the ugly on today, February the 10th, 2023. You know, you make a dadgum good point. 10,000? A Little League team? I mean... Must have some heavy NIL going on with that team. (laughs) I mean, I don't know about you, but some of the fundraisers 
you know, back in the day, I mean, we'd sell those candy bars. I mean, you know, I don't know. My daughter's yeah, my daughter's playing punch. softball now. We've got a hitathon. You know, I'm trying to raise like if you raise ten bucks, you do a good job for crying out loud. I mean, how many cars did you get in the car wash? Damn, ten grand. Wow. Must have a hell of a shortstop on that team. Need to. There's a few places that we know who should hire that little league association as their marketing department. Damn. <clears throat> <coughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, Felipe's got a frog in his throat. There. Funny, funny how that works. Hey, there's actually uh, you said some breaking news today. Yeah, the state of Florida basically just repealed their NIL law. I mean, they passed a new law, but basically, and, and they didn't get into, there's three parts of it. The first part, Matt Baker didn't have much of a description of, other than Alabama and South Carolina don't have NIL laws. And basically, they're getting more kids than we right. are because of it. There you go. Come on now. The second part is they had to put a workshop in for kids getting NIL at colleges to learn how to handle their money, which I'm all for. And the third one, which I thought was great, is the coaches aren't responsible if they bench a kid and then the NILs are not met. You know, coach wants to bench somebody even though the NIL, it doesn't, the coach isn't responsible for that. Well, it's the same way in pro sports. I mean, you know, it just, I mean, listen, the first round pick can get benched for the fifth rounder. So, yeah, okay. But it's something you might want to pay attention to. And the other thing out there this morning, I believe that I saw that Michael Irvin is now suing his accuser. Michael Irvin was thrown out of the Super Bowl by the NFL Network after uh, an accusation from a woman that he did something inappropriate or said something inappropriate. Well, and not only that, he was supposed, I guess every Friday, he's on Stephen A. Smith's ESPN show, and ESPN dropped him for today. So... You know, when Michael was falsely accused 20-plus years ago of doing something, he did say publicly, okay, hey, uh, and when I when this is found to be garbage, I expect all of you to come at me with the same vigor that you're burying me now. So he, he's done this before when he has felt he's been in the right. The Heat are hosting the Rockets tonight. They're a 12-point favorite at home. Do the Heat score enough to cover 12? I mean, that's a lot of points in a Heat game. They're one of the lowest-scoring teams in the league. Just saying. Defense, though. Defense. Yeah, uh, I, I understand. I got gotcha. you. It's a tough watch. 12 is a lot. Uh, the ESPN doubleheader, by the way, Charlotte and the Celtics. Isn't that like the best team in the East and the worst team in the East? Sorry, I fell asleep on air. What was that? And Cleveland, New Orleans is the nightcap. The best game's probably Bucks Clippers. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And for whatever reason, ESPN's not showing that. Uh, no Florida teams on the ice tonight. Uh, Panthers at 6 o'clock tomorrow host the Avs. There'll and, be tickets available if somebody wants to go. And game of the night tonight's your Rangers hosting the Kraken. And then the Rangers go to Carolina over the weekend. So An original six jersey, that's great. I love the Rangers unis. And the best new jersey that's come out in forever to me. I mean, all sports. 
I, I can't think of a new team that looks as sharp as a Seattle Kraken do. Hope for another game in Seattle next year just to be able to buy the merchandise. You know, we went opening day this year. I don't think I picked up any gear for you, did I? I've still got my Kraken shirt. Don't you worry. Oh, I know, but that's from a couple years ago. I, I, we, I need to go just to pick up some new gear for all of us. That's going to be my, even though you're in Jacksonville, I think I'm going to give you an allotment of cash to get me gear. I, I need more <laughs> dumb team gear to wear on the show. Done. Well, and I'm not that far away from the Savannah Bananas, so, you know, maybe I'll take They're coming to Jacksonville this summer. I know. I know. If the minor league team here, I would love if they were. That would get me to Hammond or CityLink if the Bananas came. Well, Otherwise, my boycott is still on. <laughs> uh, you are stubborn about that. Uh, college hoops, uh, nothing locally uh, this weekend because the FGC men are on the road, and I think the women are off. Or if they're playing, they're back on the road. Only one uh, ranked team in action tonight. Xavier takes on Butler at seven. I mean, think about it. We're only a little bit more than a month away from the tournament. And we got like three weekends left in the regular season, then a conference tournament weekend, and then the tournament. Talk about a regular season that has just disappeared. <sighs> well, the NFL has just absolutely devoured it between that and the NBA. Absolutely devoured it. Miller and Moulton. I'm picking the Eagles. 30-24. And I changed my mind, so, well, we all know how this is going to work out. But going Chiefs, better coaching, better quarterback, 27-23. I do like your one stat, though. Hertz's rushing total. And I know that Hurts on a blitz could break away, and if there's man coverage, there's nobody within 20 or so yards, and he could get his yards that way. But what's it, 47, 49? 49, something like that. And your thought of that, you know, if it's under that you think the Chiefs have a real shot. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy your party. Enjoy the game. We'll be back on Monday, Miller and Moulton.